40 years of darkness, earthquakes, volcanoes. The dead rising from the grave. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. And we review Ghostbusters next on Over Under Fair. Roger Castillo, alongside me, Lacey McGraw, hey, and Jason Pickham, hey, buddy. As we are talking Ghostbusters, as uh, this the celebration of as a recording time, we did this in June, and June eighth, nineteen eighty four, was the release date for the original Ghostbusters, and we want to talk about the franchise, movie franchise. We could go in, I could go in about the cartoon and all that stuff, but we don't really have time for it, and I really don't want to geek out too many other people with that, but. uh so we review. We were going to talk about the three movies: the original that came out in 1984, the sequel that came out on June 19, 1989, and the last movie that came out in 2016, the reboot, Ghostbusters: Answer the Call. Is that the formal title, Jason? Uh, I think that. Yeah, yeah, I believe. So. Is it? It doesn't show it in the movie. I was confused it, by that. It yeah. did at the end. Did it really? Yeah, after okay. the end credits. Yeah, I never actually watched so all the way through the, the credits. Answer the Call and it shows it up. That makes sense. I did not watch it all the way through the credits. I just liked that movie a lot. So. So we're going to talk about over under fair. We're going to break down each movie and kind of and talk about the franchise in general. Is yeah, it, I think the rating will be for the franchise, yeah, not per movie. Per movie, but yeah. I kind of wanted to start with the beginning and kind of go from there and kind of. Okay, well, but before we start, around the horn, where do you stand on this this franchise as a whole? As a franchise as a whole, I think it's uh, fairly weighted. I think it's um, it's not one of those things. A lot of people think it's overrated as a it's a comedy, but I think it's fairly rated. As a movie, as a all three movies stand on their own, and uh, as a franchise, I think it's one of the it's a pillar. I mean, Back to the Future, Terminator, Ghostbusters stands alone. Lacey? Um, I'm more on the overrated side, um, honestly. I think as a franchise, I I like all of these movies, but I just think the hype that they got, uh, specifically the. Uh, the 1984 original and the sequel, I think, is a little more than it deserves. I think they're funny movies. I think they're fine. Um, the 2016 one, I didn't hear anybody. The only thing I heard was negativity leading up to it. So I don't think that's like super overrated. I think that one was actually a little underrated. I think people came around once they actually saw it. But as a whole, I think it's a good franchise. But I think the hype that it gets is just not... Not, not, not there. For, it just doesn't do it for me like that. Jason, where do you stand on it? Uh, I actually stand it underrated. Uh, the sequel in 1989 actually hurts it hurts my case a little bit, but uh, I think the original and the 2016 uh, stand alone as like how to convey the uh, 
the wit and the sarcasm of specifically that time in a different genre. Like, that is what, like, Ghostbusters 1 and Ghostbusters 2016, to me, are literally, like, the defining examples of what comedy was in that, like, five-year period. You know, in, in, in 1984, you had, uh, hey, we got a script, but we're not going to fucking use any of it. And then in 2016, you have this sort of, like, uh, neurotic second-guessing all the time, but also self-confidence, which is, like, kind of what comedy is now. So I think it's I think in that aspect it stands underrated. I can't say overall because I haven't spent any time with the cartoons or the comics, but that's why you're the resident Ghostbusters expert, Roger. <laughs> well, I mean, the reason why I want to break down the cartoons and all that stuff, because the cartoons did live up to the movies pretty much. Uh, actually, the original fun fact about the cartoon was is that the original person who, was supposed to, who played Dr. Peter Venkman was drawn like Bill Murray, but Bill didn't want that to happen, so they drew him with more of his different hair. But he had the same kind of hair... But they're kind of the same kind of character, Deb, you know, full of himself kind of thing. And until about season four when they started focusing on Slimer, and then the show got out of the rails. But I digress. But the... Oh, p- really? Did it focus on Slimer? Yeah, they didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> Slimer. Fucking the- Slimer the show for a while. Yeah. And then there's the Extreme Ghostbusters that came out in the late millennium, early 2000, that had um, the gentleman, uh, Alfredo... Or, um, Alfredo, the... Carl, who played Carlton um, in Fresh Prince? The actor's name is. Uh, it's something Ado, though. You're right. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll not remember. His but he name. was he was in that show, and so. But we want to focus on the movies. We'll start with Ghostbusters uh, from 1984, and it was a movie that really stands out in the sense that it was kind of came out of nowhere, really. And and for that time, it is ranked as the 28th greatest comedy of all time according to the AFI list. Um. I know we don't break down budgets normally on this podcast, but it is worth mentioning that the budget was just $30 million, and it ended up grossing $295 million, and then gross all time. It's one of the highest grossing movies of all time. Um, and it was a movie that really had, in terms of characters, in terms of a cast, Ernie Hudson, Dan Aykroyd, um, and the the part of that the duo of... Bill Murray and um, Harold, Ramis. Harold Ramis. And Harold Ramis really was essentially the cast. Um, and there he had this built-in chemistry. So they're coming off Stripes, which came out in 1981. So the movie came in. No, People weren't sure what to think of it at the time. But it surprised a lot of people. And even you know, even the bit characters of Rick, Rick Moranis, to me, in both movies were was great. But he was fantastic in this movie. Can I make a comment on the casting in the first one? Sure. Because this movie, like, as you go through, if you want to have some fun, go on the IMDb trivia for this movie because there is no, like, more, like, purely, like, product of happenstance in this movie. Like, casting, uh, writing, and execution of this movie were all random luck. Like, there are scenes in the movie that are, like, you know, bookcases get knocked over, not on purpose, not in the screenplay. It just happened. They're like, fuck it, keep it. We'll work around it. Uh, But in regards to the cast specifically, John Belushi and Eddie Murphy were slated originally to appear in this movie in, in place of, I believe, Harold Ramis and, uh, uh, what's his name? Well, uh, Ernie Hudson. Yeah, Winston, I keep thinking Winston Zettelmore, but I don't want to say that. Ernie Hudson. And I can, t- I can tell you definitively, that movie would have sucked. Like, Eddie Murphy would have taken over. 
Eddie Murphy would have been like, it's the Eddie Murphy show. I'm going to do Eddie Murphy stuff. And John Belushi would have been like, but I'm John Belushi. I'm going to do John Belushi stuff. Yeah, those are two actors that are way over the top in comedy, which is fine when it's, well... They're good in their own thing. We've discussed John Belushi before and how we think he's highly overrated on this show. But, but... but, (laughs) Noted enemy of the show, John Belushi. (laughs) Noted enemy of the show. Posthumous enemy. (laughs) (laughs) That grudge goes on into the afterlife. Dude. The hate is strong. For we John were Belushi. all tiny children when he died. But I was we negative were, five. We were like Belushi from from the womb. From the womb. But, um, but Eddie Murphy, he. Would but have, Eddie Murphy yeah. and John Belushi are both type of like very, they're very physical, over the top comedians, and I think that movie does well because you know it has like a good balance of those four guys you yes. know where none of them are really so super i mean the, would you say probably bill murray is the most over the top like i would say so but he's like 80s movie. over the but top but he's not he's not ridiculous yeah. like he's not like super like overly crazy or anything so yeah that i mean i think it worked out well the way it is um I'm not. I mean, like I said, I th- I think it's kind of just overrated with the hype it gets. But I do think it's a good movie. I think you know. Well, what I think about this movie is the trivia is what defines this movie for me because the trivia is what takes it from great to like ridiculous. Where you you find out that like most of the dialogue in the movie was ad libbed, or like the the party shot where uh, Rick Moranis is running through and like talking about prices of salmon and stuff was yeah. single shot and all ad libbed. None of that surprises me. None of really? that surprises me. With with the cast that they had, I mean, when you... That would surprise me if they cast, like, actors in that a little bit. You know what I these mean? These are all comedians. But yeah. these are all, like, these are comedy guys. Or yeah. maybe, I don't know, would you say, like, Ernie Hudson, though? Is well, he's not, just a no. really good actor. He's, he's a really good, he's actor. A good actor. Underrated he's, actor. Yeah, but, I mean, with with that cast, like, none of that surprises me that they that they improv a lot of it at all. And that mentioned the gentleman who played uh, Peck... William uh, Atherton, who's in a lot of 80s movies, and he's a classically trained actor. He was in Broadway. Um, he was a guy who I thought was one, it was, and he also was in Die Hard 2 as well. He was the perfect villain. And, you know, the the scene, the whole scene in the mayor's office with no dick is one of my favorite scenes of all time. I just, the reason why this movie works is, but what Lacey just said is correct, because it's an ensemble cast. And everybody played their part. Even like Harold, the thing about Harold Ramis is what I like about him the most. He, he doesn't, you know, even the the lines where he says deadpan, like I collect sponges or sponges and spores, and he walks away, and he just the, his weirdness in that in that character always cracks me up because he just he was just the way he deadpan delivery and just he had no humor whatsoever, but he, it was somehow funny. Well, in, in speaking more on really quick on William, William Atherton, I'm, I'm just scrolling through trivia as we're talking. Uh, in the DVD commentary for this movie, Ivan Reitman says he received a call from William, Ather- William Atherton shortly after the movie came out saying that that movie ruined his life. Uh, apparently, really? the character of Walter Peck was so hated that people would talk to William Atherton as if they were giving Walter Peck a piece of their mind. And apparently, more than once, physical fights had been started with Atherton in bars. Wow. <laughs> <That's> so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> like... That's just people being retarded. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. But you know, it, it, in in terms of speaking on the on the way they played their characters too, one thing that the first one benefits from that the second one doesn't is going into this movie. Yes, they're all famous, but they're not as famous as they are in 1989. So they're not afraid to be like less than. Like Dan Aykroyd is a nerdy little bitch in this whole movie. He's like a little like he's awkward. And, and yeah. He's awkward and uncomfortable, and he's squeamish, and like he doesn't know how to handle this stuff, and like. 
Bill Murray is kind of deadpan. You know, Dan Aykroyd playing his little nerdy self, and then uh, Harold Ramis also just playing it straight deadpan. And you know, they're allowed to do that. That's where the second movie I think suffers. We'll we'll get into it, but the but the fact that they were allowed to show traits that are you know viewed sometimes as like beta traits, I think is to the benefit of the movie. And real quick, William Atherton, William Atherton, Atherton played the same character in Real Genius and other movies too. So for the that record, was his character. That's his whole thing. That's yeah. his whole shtick. So for him to blame them, I don't know. That's kind of stupid. But anyways, I digress. Um, but Lacey, what what about the movie that you thought was kind of like that kind of made it over the top where you didn't really care for or make it overrated for you? No, I mean to me, okay. So this is something that I was gonna that I can touch on with these movies as a whole, and this isn't something that I think is specifically just Ghostbusters or the Ghostbusters franchise. But I think it's really, really difficult to do action comedy. Like for me, um, this movie is like a comedy movie, and then it gets towards the end where they have this big, you know, climax scene where they're, you know. They're fighting the dudes and stuff and all that Zool. stuff. Is, yeah, Zool, thank you. Um, that is where it takes a turn for me into like, eh. You know what I mean? Like, when I sit down and I watch a comedy movie, like, I want to laugh. You know what I mean? And that movie gives that to me. Like, I, I, get some, I get some laughs out of it. But if I sit down and I watch an action movie, like, I want to see, like, some shit happening. You know what I mean? Like, I want to see it all the way through. And to combine those two, I think it's very difficult, so I don't think that's just a Ghostbusters thing specifically. But for me, that's where it's kind of... And same thing with, you know, the 2016 Ghostbusters. Like, I thought it was hilarious, but you get towards the end and I'm like, okay... Oh, when it turns into a Marvel movie? When it turns into, like, yeah, the big, huge fight in New York. Like, that's great. It's it's not bad. Like, I'm not like, oh, I want to leave now. I'm so bored. But at the same time, I'm like, okay. You know, I'm just I'm just not... 100% 100% in on it so I don't know I think that's just kind of a thing with like these action comedy type films I think it's very hard to do it well and keep it going the whole way through but sp- with the overrated the reason I landed on overrated is I just think these movies people when the 2016 Ghostbusters came out people were freaking out this is going to ruin my childhood this is going to do this, this let's, is let's just get into this so right now bad. Yeah. And let's I'm stop like, the Ghostbusters 1 conversation jump right into that I, I mean, we don't we don't have to go super far into it. Like, honestly, I just think that's so ridiculous. Like, people love Ghostbusters, and that is fine. Like, I am so happy for you. But if you actually think that a remake of a movie is going to ruin everything that you previously saw and previously enjoyed, then I'm sorry your childhood was so bad <laughs> and fragile. Well, like, and can like- I make a case as to why... Because if that movie gets remade with Seth Rogen, Jonah Hill, and that group, they're not complaining. Yeah, but they don't. Okay, it's the same problem with Wonder Woman. A couple. Hold weeks on, ago. hold on, hold on. Let's let's take it back a couple notches because I don't want to go so far into the sexism bit just yet. But Roger, it's a huge are you? Part of it. Did you feel like the? How did you even feel about the remake? Yeah, this is the closest to your heart. Okay, I like I said, it's pretty well known. I have five, six. You know, my Ghostbusters love. And I watched the movie. I waited. I purposely waited, Lacey, to watch this movie because I got the fanboys were really pissing me off in the sense that they were talking about the like the whole woman casting and all that stuff, and it really really bothered me to the point where I stopped even following certain YouTube channels because that they they were saying they're angry and that and that one of them the angry video in the game nerd to be specific 
saying that he didn't want to kill his childhood crap, and that's just a load of bullshit. Kind of, yeah. It, it is a big load of bullshit. Yeah. I liked the movie. It was a solid movie. Um, there are some parts that kind of slow to develop a little bit, but I love the, the chemistry. I love Leslie Jones in the movie a lot. I she's love, hilarious. She's I love great. all of those I love, actresses, I, 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 I love them, too. And the biggest part about that movie that I really like is how technical Kate McKinnon got as Holzman. The, the, the building of the, the the various traps and the very, you know the weapons and everything. I like that a lot because it's not... Ghostbusters on purpose in 1 and 2, which we'll get back to in a second was it because they didn't have the technology they didn't have the special effects so they were doing it based off comedy and what they could but Kate McKinnon's character as Holtzman as being the one hammering things out and working on these things and seeing that visibly as a, a geek myself like that I thought it was really cool and I thought I loved her as a character and I love the chemistry they have. I mean, the dancing stuff and the... And the you that know, was little, weird. I'm not yeah. going to lie. That was a real weird thing. Like, I it felt, like, felt so out of place. Yeah, it didn't, at least, it didn't feel like they were trying to make it into a musical at some point. Mm, not I musical, didn't feel like they just, were trying to make it into a musical, but when Chris Hemsworth got up there and was like, I want to see you all dance, I was like, I want to see you dance. But then they all started dancing, and, and I'm like, wait, this is awkward. Like, just keep the camera yeah, on Chris Hemsworth. And also, why is your shirt on? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is this is Lacey's narrative to most movies. <laughs> why is Chris Hemsworth's shirt on? Wait, why isn't he in this? Wait, I'm not in a Chris Hemsworth movie. Why is his shirt? Why on? am I even here? Yeah, why why am I not where Chris Hemsworth's shirt isn't? You know, here is the world pending doom, and and they had this really weird sequence, which I thought was weird. But outside of that, um, I thought the the only other the only complaint I really had was the cameos were too short. Um, we'll get into it when we get into the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah you know. But overall, this mere fact that if you watch the movie objectively and you just clear your mind of whatever it is that you need to clear your mind of, it's a solid movie. Is it? it I don't think if for the narrative to say it ruined your childhood and all this crap is to me is ridiculous because if you just watch it for the comedy standpoint, you have no history of anything Ghostbusters related. It is a funny movie, and I, again, there's so many scenes where. Leslie Jones just had me like in tears, like just the whole sequence oh in the concert co- hall. I was laughing so hard when she was like, when Melissa McCarthy was possessed, and she was like, "The yeah. power of Patty compels Those you." Yeah, yeah, and that the whole sequence is great. And so, um, and I thought Melissa, I thought Melissa did a really good job playing Melissa McCarthy. Yeah, Melissa McCarthy played a really good job playing that quote unquote Dan Aykroyd's character, if yeah. you will, the second banana character. And you know, Actually, I think that was more. Kristen Wiig. I think you're switching the two. Oh well, Kristen. I think I think I think Melissa McCarthy's Bill Murray. Oh well, yeah, like she doesn't doubt herself at all at any point in the entire movie. All right, well yeah, yeah I mean, it's just because I was thinking about it in the standpoint of. All right, well I mean, but before, before yeah, we'll get, we get into the movie yeah. itself. Before but, we get too far into 2016 Ghostbusters, because I do have a lot to say about that. I, I do the original question and the original point I was trying to make is I think that I think that people really yeah. like have. A high opinion of the original 1984 Ghostbusters, and that is fine. But for me, I just don't think it's that great. Okay, I think it is a good movie. I watched it when I was a kid. I loved it. I had you know like a little like Slimer shirt. I think when I was a kid, and I loved it. And I thought all that was cool, ecto coolers, all that jazz. But greatest juice ever. <laughs> but you know, I just it 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 doesn't hold that place in my memory for me uh real quick before i get into another thing about uh 84 ghostbusters i will say the reason i jumped to sexism first is specifically sexism as the 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 root of the backlash for the 2016 one is specifically because 
<clears throat> we never see <clears throat> this kind of backlash for uh, it, at least on this level where it, it, it hinders the success of a movie mm-hmm. for other movies when they're male driven we didn't see this for Transformers they're making the fucking seventh one or whatever and they all make a billion dollars even though they're garbage movies uh, we didn't see this for any of the Batman movies whenever they recast him and they rebring him back like this is not like I won't I, I you know I respect you guys and stuff but I won't be convinced that this is anything other than but they're making it with women and I don't like that that because that's what it is to me because that is I, if I, you make that movie with men it's making a billion dollars. I I do believe that it some of the extra backlash that it got was obviously because people were like what what's the point what's the point of putting women in these roles this is stupid and they which kind of funny that they kind of slightly acknowledge that in the movie when they're reading the YouTube comments yeah bitches can't be hunting no ghosts and, and the stuff. other line by the the bad yeah, that guy was great, uh, by the, the, the bad guy with the. Uh, He's like, these are angry, vile, repulsive people. They're mostly dudes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I died at that they, line. They yeah. make a couple little nods to it, but hundred percent. Yeah. At the same time, like, I mean, I I think that this probably would have gotten a little bit of backlash had they made it with men. Like, they would have been like, oh, what's the point? What's the point? This movie doesn't need to be remade. Let's just clear something up. Nothing really needs to be remade. Yeah. No songs need to be covered. No movies need to be remade. But sometimes it's just fun to do. And it's enjoyable and it's refreshing. There are a million reboots out there right now. Every time I turn around, something's getting rebooted. Something's getting redone. The mummy's in theaters right now. Exactly. <laughs> and I've heard bad things about it. Yeah, shocker. <laughs> At the same time, <laughs> so it's surprised. like... Yeah, like, no, I've seen the original Mummy. It is good and perfect because it is so fucking OG. And nobody need to be remade it. But if somebody enjoys it, sure, fine, whatever. Mm. I mean, I don't care. Nothing really needs to be remade or rebooted, honestly. But, yes, I think sexism, sexism did come into play a little bit there. But I do think, to be fair, it would have gotten a little bit of backlash had it been an all-man, and I would, I would, I would completely agree with Lacey on that because I'm, would, I'm, I'm, I'm one of those people that hates reboots with a passion. When the RoboCop one came out, I thought it was, was going to say RoboCop's another one. No one yeah. really complained about it though. Yeah, they just didn't see it because it wasn't good. Yeah, but and that's exactly why I didn't see. They it. They weren't complaining like, "Why are you remaking RoboCop?" They were complaining like, "Why is RoboCop Iron Man?" Like, yeah, they they look over like that's that's my point is that when it's when it's a male in a male lead re- rebooting a male lead original male lead role. They don't complain about the movie as a whole. They complain about the little nitpicky stuff, and then they still go see it. Again, I go back to the Transformers argument. The fifth one with fucking Mark Wahlberg made like a billion dollars. They can just keep making those. Ninja Turtles gets remade. It's all digital dudes. Everybody's fine with it. They still saw it. It made half a billion dollars. Like, they, Really? Yeah. Ugh. And actually, the second one, for what it's worth, not that bad. Take your time. It's not that bad. Anyways, back to the point. Um, but these movies, like that's the thing that people forget. Like The 1984 Ghostbusters, for what it was... Being that this was the 80s and we're talking about the era of the boob comedy, was extremely progressive. There is a scene in the middle of this movie where Dana is possessed and tries to fuck Bill Murray. Yeah. And he voluntarily says, no, I won't date rape you. In the 80s. Yeah. When there's the the climactic scene in Revenge of the Nerds is a guy raping a girl in a tunnel and laughing about it. Or or the infamous scene where he dresses up as the, in Revenge of the Nerds, where he dresses up as her boyfriend. That's the one I'm thinking of. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, and the... uh, Uh, The Darth Vader thing? Yeah, the the moon thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. In the the tunnel, like the dark tunnel. In the carnival thing. Yeah, Yeah, the carnival tunnel. Yeah, and that's what I'm talking about. Like, this is an era where it was totally... Yes, zapped. (laughs) Uh, My science project. Like, this is an era where... Date with an angel. This is an era where you could... 
at will do whatever you want to women, and Ghostbusters did not. They explicitly did not do that. They didn't make a comment on uh, Winston Zeddemore being black, which they totally could have, besides the fact that they kind of pushed him to the back burner because he wasn't Eddie Murphy. But they totally could have, and they honestly... Being that it's the early 80s, they usually would have, but they didn't. But here's the thing, too, that it kind of blends into, and it, 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 I can't go in the cartoon too much, but Winston's actually a, a, a character in the cartoon and in the movie as view as equal. Because in the cartoon, there's a couple episodes where there's just Winston episodes. So, oh, God, I, 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 yeah, I, I digress. I didn't want to go into the too geeky about it. But Winston, as a character in the first one, because he comes in later in the movie, yeah. I think he's viewed as equally. He's viewed. And don't worry, so, that will get undone in the in the second. Oh, one. Oh no, don't I know, worry. I know, I know. But but in the first one, what I really enjoyed about the the movie too was was Sigourney Weaver's character. Dana, I thought was wasn't the playing the oh I'm a damsel in distress. She just wanted to, she wasn't playing clueless. She was trying to tackle the situation herself. And I mean, of course, you know the spirits took over her, what have you. But still. It didn't. It didn't play up to that eighty stereotype too either, Jason. I thought she did a really good job in that movie, playing up to a person who was strong, a strong-willed character on her own. She, you know, Bill Murray advanced on her all the time. She's like, nah, nah, bro, I'm good. Yeah, absolutely. And that's exactly what you want to see. Let's yeah. let's let's move a little bit. Into yeah, the I was just gonna say. Let's go to the second one. Yeah, the second one is gonna be the one where I can't defend it in any way because you know the, the, there's a great story. Uh, the first one that apparently they got the script for it. And then what did they go away to a cabin somewhere and smoked weed for a weekend and rewrote the entire thing? Something to that effect. To be fair, just before we start talking about this, I will just say right now that I barely remember the second Ghostbusters movie and was unable to rewatch it. So I will just uh, throw that out there. Don't for worry. You. Did you see the first one? I did. It's that, but worse. Okay. Yeah, it's almost identical, but worse in every way. So here's the thing about the second one that I'll start off with the second one in the sense that. In terms of in the franchise, it is consider- considerably overrated. I'll admit that. But it was a movie when I was younger. I didn't like it. As I got older, I've gotten and you know, and I've talked to I talked to Dave, a host who who likes that movie. He said that's his that's his Ghostbusters movie because and I'm not trying to paraphrase him too much, but that was the one he remembered and watched, what have you. But Ghostbusters two was trying to put ten pounds of crap into a five pound bag. They tried to put way too much in it. There was a lot of tie-ins, and I remember when they came out that they were tying into uh, fast food a lot. So there was a lot of fast, like, it was the first time product placement. I was aware of product placement. Uh, Bobby Brown also was in the movie for no apparent reason, but just because he was on the soundtrack. Yep. So that I didn't care for. I did like the beginning part of it where they showed the Ghostbusters out of work, and I, that's the story itself was good, but then... When the when the Statue of Liberty becomes animated and they use a Nintendo controller, another product tie-in, it was it was starting to beat your overhead a little bit. So I can see why you get frustrated with it. But well, I get I, what I get frustrated with, if I may interrupt for one second, is the details on things that they didn't need to do for any reason. Number like, yeah. one, why are the Ghostbusters resetting again? Why are we starting from the beginning? Five years removed. They literally out and out saved the world the end of the first movie, and apparently the New York propaganda successfully convinced the rest of the world that that wasn't real. Uh, number two, why is Dana uh, Barrett? Mm-hmm. Uh, why is Dana Barrett now in art rest- restoration? Why is she in art restoration? She was in the fucking Philharmonic. Uh, uh, orchestra in the first one and in the five year span between the two movies she apparently uh, broke up with Bill Murray met a man got married had a kid divorced the man and then became an art restoration they uh, they I don't remember even remember talking about life marriage. comes at you fast man in yeah. five years yeah you can get it you can totally get a 12 year degree in five years but I thought life she was, comes at you fast 
It wasn't very definitive in the first one. She was with Bill Murray because she was still talking to the 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 other person in the orchestra. So it wasn't really clear what they were together or not. They were okay. Well, let's remove that. She got married, had a kid, got divorced, and became an art restorer in five years. And then in that same time, everyone fell so far down on hard times that they all still had million dollars apartments, but they're doing kids' birthday parties. I don't remember Bill Murray's being in a a million dollar apartment. Every apartment in that movie is ridiculous. Every movie and TV ever has a million dollar apartment. But not when they're trying to portray down on their luck Ghostbusters. Like, you know, Friends, which you can find on our our podcast episode. See previous episodes. Or (laughs) or later episode, whenever we release it. Yeah, whenever we release it. Friends, they, they they barely had any money, but yet they had these nice ass apartments. Yeah, so I, fair enough. Okay, yeah, fair enough. A lot of TV shows and movies, but there do is that. there is, and they don't you, address things correctly, like twelve year degrees and things like that. True. So. And then she like makes an offhand comment, like I guess I might go back to the the opera or the orchestra. The fuck you! Like they they there's a lot of there's a lot of like no effort in this movie. There's a lot of no effort in this movie, and. Uh, Therein lies my problem is the details. Like, these are people who are, to their core, like, neurotic. That is the source of their comedy, is that they are, they doubt the details. And when you, when, what you do best, you're not doing at all, I I lose interest, I tune out. And it's really hard for me to get through that movie because there's, like, even big gaping plot holes. Like, why would uh, Harold Ramis's character... Look up Ego, yeah. Vigo. Egon. Yeah, Egon. Look yeah. up Egon. Why would Egon look up Vigo the Carpathian when he doesn't know about him until later in the movie? Like, there's a huge plot hole that gets overskipped because they weren't trying when they made this movie. This was like, fine, you backed up the fucking Brinks truck. We'll make a movie. That's what that is. Like that. That is literally a cash grab. And I understand it. I respect that. You know, they got to work to make their money, but do it in a different property. I guess you made such a great movie that you didn't need a sequel. But that's Sony, though. But this is Sony. That's that's goes back to what I said before about like remakes and reboots like you don't really need a sequel for for anything almost I mean as long as it gets wrapped up in the first one you know which it did fine of course they're gonna make another one I you agree know? I mean I the thing I can say about Ghostbusters 2 is even though I don't remember it super well like a lot of these plot points that you're talking about kind of jogging my memory but one thing I can say about it is when I watched it as a kid I had I enjoyed it Good for kids. So I, yeah. I enjoyed it when I watched it when I was younger and it came out. So I can't I can't comment definitively on it. Like it's it's been a few years since I've watched it and I do remember watching it and thinking, Oh, I wish this was the first one instead. But <laughs> you know, um I I don't think it's I, those little tiny nitpicky things that you're talking about, like those are in a lot of movies, things like that. And it's it's Things like that that you kind of just have to overlook if you want to. I won't. Or I, I will. I will agree with you on everything except for the the major. How does Egon know about Vigo the Carpathian? Like okay. that's kind of a big one. You know. Yeah, what I mean? and that's like Batman knowing about the Joker in the first in Batman Begins. You know what I mean? Like you, it's a big jump to make for me. And I, I think it, like the more I think about it, I think it's kind of in a sense Ghostbusters. If you want to think about as a movie standalone is underrated Ghostbusters 2 is overrated but the reason why I do like that movie and it does not like the worst piece of crap or anything like that yeah it's not that no no it's not bad at all yeah. is because the special effects got better and the ghosts look cooler it's just when he has the when he sends the assistant in the hallway and his eyes light up that I, oh, that spooked yeah. me I was a kid I, yeah. I could not sleep for a week when I watched that when the, I was a kid the bloody skull the bloody heads got me yeah the bloody heads got me there's some there's some parts in that movie the special effects from the the five year leap helped 
Um, oh, not just the five-year lead, but they probably had a much larger budget as yes, well. They yes. were like, oh, your first movie made a shit ton of money. We'll give you a little bit more to play with on this yeah, one. Yeah, they, they gave them $25 more million. Lisa, Can I so do an impression correct? of the only enjoyable part of the movie? Go ahead. Command me, Lord! <laughs> I can't get enough of that guy. That guy, um, <laughs> uh, the gentleman, um, was it? Uh, I'm going to look that up real quick. The guy who played this? The guy who played the guy. Yeah. The guy who played the guy in that thing that I saw that, that we're one talking time about, yeah. that we were the, talking about. I totally about. own and watch all the time, whose name I cannot remember. Oh, um, Dr. Johannes Poha. Uh, okay. Uh, Are you uh, looking for the actor's name? No, that's the, that, that's, the, that, that's the doctor's name in the movie. Okay. Oh, the character's name? Yeah. We'll come back. I'm to talking it. about Vigo's like little buddy. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. That guy, I love that guy. Yeah, that guy's great. Yeah, his he's accent very enjoyable. Yeah, he's playing it up a thousand times. He's hamming it up. I mean, he's yeah. eating every bit of scenery he gets the chance to. Right, and that's what you're supposed to do as the bad guy. Like, since you don't have you know the traditional like mustache twirling bad guy, you just have literally a painting until the last seconds of the movie. Who happened to be a bodybuilder? Type. He was also the uh, bad guy in Die Hard One. Yeah, he was one of the henchmen. Yeah, and he ended up having a really weird career. But uh, fun fact, it's what cracks me up about this is, speaking of getting scene time, though, is the opposite for Ernie Hudson, unfortunately. And that, segues, a, and that segues into that part of the movie, which was unfortunate, is that here you are in Ghostbusters, everybody has this equal time, you know, the, Bill Murray's stealing scenes and what have you, but Ernie Hudson still had a good part in the movie. And the Ghostbusters 2, he's virtually the black token guy. And I hate to say that, but it's true. Uh, if I may say a little bit more controversially, he's back at the boss of that movie. 100%. They literally just kick him to the back. Yeah. They're like, look, you're not really a Ghostbuster. Like, they, they I mean, he, even when they're on trial, he's not on trial. Yeah. He's literally not on trial. He was the fuck there. Like, he yeah. was there when they were doing all their damage to the city, but he's not on trial. Yeah. Because not his view as the scientist. Because he's not Ernie Hudson. Do you? I know you guys because know. He's Ernie Hudson, sorry. I know you guys a little like know a lot about the trivia and stuff behind this movie. Did that have anything to do with? And I'm not excusing whatsoever, but did that have anything to do with like availability or like was it Ernie Hudson's like involvement in the movie or was it just the writing? The writing. Yeah. They, yeah, they wrote him out of the movie basically. That's. That's yeah. a shame. Kind of, yeah. It's because really unfortunate. what you're seeing in the first one is Eddie Murphy's role reduced to like 60%. Yeah. And then what you're seeing in this one is we were never going to get Eddie Murphy. So it's like 20% yeah. of what the original oh, role okay. was. Oh, okay. I got And it was more yeah. about cameos. So you see Cheech and, or um, Cheech oh, yeah. Martin in there. Better late than never. <laughs> the they just make that face. here. <laughs> they just make this face. The uh, oh, eyes out. No, the bug out. Yeah, yeah, that face. Yeah, the eyes bugged out face. Yeah. But. Ghostbusters two, in terms of sequels though, if you if you if you know, see Back to the Future two and later sequels that would come out later. Back to the Future two is better in my opinion. What do you like? You like Back to the Future two? Back to the Future two versus Ghostbusters two? Back to the Future two all day. Wait, Back to the Future two, two. like at, Part two. like Part how two. it jives with the first one? Yeah. Yeah. I like all of the Back to the Future movies. Even three? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I really like three, actually. I love it. Taking place in the Wild West. Yeah. I like them all. We'll, we'll, we'll be doing that as an episode. We'll do worry. Back to the Future. Yeah. That's going to be future. an episode for sure. <laughs> 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 uh, but overall, uh, it, it was a... It was a product. It was a product placement movie, and oh yeah. But time. I still, I still, I still enjoy that movie. It wasn't as good as the first one, but I came away kind of knowing full well that the video game was much more terrible. And it was one of the worst video games I've ever played in my life. So, both <laughs> they, games. They were. even like insinuate at one point that they fucked the slime. Like that's where they're going with yeah. this stuff. Like it's just uncomfortable in many points. Like it just it's it's cheap jokes. It's it's literally like it's like if someone threw me on a podcast talking about Halo the game. 
Like, I don't know Halo the game. I've never played Halo the game, so I'd just be making cheap jokes. I wouldn't be able to try. And that's Kind of like me and, yeah. and now that we're talking about Ghostbusters 2. <laughs> like, sure. I, was, I wasn't implying that. but I Like meant a slide in a Back to the Future joke. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, like, if you... Like, if, how can I rift off this? You can tell that they're, like, and it's no more obvious than Bill Murray in that movie. Bill Murray is literally rolling his eyes from frame one until the end of that movie. And it, it just, I think... I think that movie does a disservice to the franchise more than the 2016 movie, which yes, we should and, jump into now. Yeah, and that's what I wanted to get into. So, like I said, I said this earlier, I took my time before I watched the movie, and Ghostbusters, 20, Answer the Call, whatever you want to call the 2016. Prop, 2016, Batman 89. Um, <laughs> We're not talking about Batman 89. I know, I know. It's just a, it's an <laughs> just inside shout joke. shout out. Yeah, yeah shout out inside Ghostbusters 16. But yeah, Ghostbusters 16. As a movie, the special effects were fantastic. I thoroughly enjoyed the ghosts. I thought the balloons were a little bit too much that they got away with, but like a little the, excessive, yeah, a little excessive. Uh, the main villain, I liked him a lot too. The um, anal retentive Rowan, Rowan, yeah, yeah, the nerd, the, the misunderstood nerd. The I Rowan, liked him. Rowan, who I think is a, it's a placeholder for like bro. Like I think they just called him Rowan because it sounds like bro. Yeah. Um, okay. He's kind of a bro. Like he did, he did literally like enacts every like like. Boyhood fantasy. I kind of thought he was a little bit more of a um, sociopath, a placeholder for uh, like those types of guys that like are really mad at women all the time because they don't the nice guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, the yeah. Nice guy. Like, I, I, why, why won't you pay attention to me? I'm so nice. You know, yeah. I plug niceness into you, and then sex falls out. My, yeah, my, my, like a vending <laughs> machine. My, my, my favorite is like, I opened the door for you. I actually bought you lunch. Why, why come you not gonna fuck me? Yeah, you, you just like assholes. You just want to date assholes all the time. I'm way over analyzing this, yeah. but anyways, that character. Yeah, he was a creep. No, this is this is <laughs> definitely, he, he does fit that role though. Lisa, this is definitely agree. a franchise that benefited from time, like in terms of peppering in special effects but not going crazy with them like they're not right. on a green screen at any point nope. you know what I mean so it's like they are on a green screen I believe for the Times Square sequence but Probably. It, it doesn't feel that way it doesn't no. feel fake but it benefits it's it's the opposite of like Star Wars like episode one you know what I mean where you, you tried to force technology in this one technology feels natural and it benefits so much more from the comedy because we're allowed just- to go into like darker territory and weirder territory. Well, to be fair, just because I don't want to knock the special effects too much in the first and second one because it was kind of like 80s. You Very know what 80s, I mean? Yes. And honestly, it's fine. I'm not going to sit here and be like, it holds up. Like, no, it's not like, like it's not one of those movies where I expect to see mind-blowing special effects. Like, or, oh, wow, this just didn't age well. Like, I'm never going to say that about Ghostbusters 1 or 2 because, like, I never would expect it to, ever. You know, they you can... That movie is kind of it looks it looks weird and it looks bad when you go back and look at it from a 2017 standpoint, mm-hmm. you know. Right. But it doesn't bother me so much when I go back and watch those movies because I think that movie was never intended to be like a beautiful spectacle, That's exactly. you know, visually. Like it's it it the strength of those original two I'll even say like the sequel is intended to be solely on the actors who are in it and the jokes that they're making and the kind of um, goofy over the top nature of the subject matter that they're dealing with, which is fucking slime monsters. And that's exactly so, what I and Evan Redman was talking about. That they didn't want to make it. They were trying to get away with because they're worried that they were going to make it too with special effects not being what it was at the time. They were kind of worried about that, but they knew. But when they saw the comedy how it was working, they knew they knew they could 
get away with right. it. Right, like so. that. That to me is the intention of the movie. And to be fair to the 2016 remake, I don't. I think they they kept it to where they didn't go too crazy with the special effects. Yeah. Like to me, those ghosts that they have in those movies look pretty. Just kind of. It's. I don't want to say underwhelming because I'm not. I wasn't like. Ugh, it looks bad, but. They don't really look that ridiculous. Like yeah. they don't look so crazy for being, you know, what what the technology that is available in 2016 and CGI and things like that. Like I don't think they went too crazy or overboard with the special effects. I agree. And with they could have. That's a movie where you easily could have been like, "Wow, it's 2016. We're remaking a Ghostbusters. See what we can do." No, like they still kind of look like standard, like just oh apparitions coming at you and slime monster and stuff and I thought that it actually looked really cool when they had like I actually liked the balloons I thought those were funny and they had the um, Stave Puff Marshmallow Man like that was just a quick little nod like he comes out in the end when they're shooting the balloons they shoot like a bunch of them down and then all of a sudden here's Stave Puff Marshmallow Man and he falls on top of them and he's there for a minute but it's not like the whole catalyst that's my other big uh, Kate McKinnon laugh line welcome back yeah Am I, Am I shouting? shouting? Yeah, I swear to God, my favorite lines from her are the ones that are just kind of one-offs. When she, when they come out of the portal and their hair is white, and she, they're like, "What year is it?" Oh, it's twenty forty. Our president is a plant. Like yeah, what? Yeah. Like, and she says, it's so "Don't let me too. see you wearing Taft. It's my mother's she, color." Yeah, she is so <laughs> funny. I, I really do. Um, I thought this movie was fine. I, I enjoyed it. Like I said, I have the whole action comedy thing to me is difficult to do and I can only think of maybe a I'm thinking of like only one movie off the top of my head that I thought did it so well but I mean like I said it got to this whole big battle scene and I was just kind of like well first of all they almost lost me at the I want to see you dance and then they were doing a group dance and I'm like what this feels really out of place and weird but um you know it's once they get past that and they're like fighting through the my the highlight of that end scene for me was the Slimer driving around in the car and Melissa McCarthy's like, well, that thing is just having the time of its life. Yeah. Like, it's just like, like the big party. They're the, just and partying. Yeah. They're like, fuck it, let's cruise. His little girlfriend know? thing, that was funny. Yeah. And, but I, what I liked about the that whole sequence too was, uh, you talk about the ghost and that was, that was the subtle, but like how they took the, the Ghostbusters icon symbol and made him not, I thought that, at first when he came as a cartoon and he had the bow tie, what mm-hmm. the hell's going on? And then they made him like a bigger, more destructive force, uh, playing off a little bit of what when Dan Aykroyd was talking about the most thing he could think of that was most safest, which was uh, the Steve Puff Marshmallow Man. Yeah, I thought that was cool. What I really liked about the movie a lot, and I said it earlier, was Leslie Jones, and I thought she stole a lot of scenes. I thought she, as Patty, giving the giving the scientists like the dose of reality that you know New York has some history, and she came across as really smart too as well. Held her own against these, these you know, uh, socially awkward scientists, and I thought she did a really good job of kind of blending in and and being part of this team and just kind of associating herself with with them. And that's what I liked about her the most. I don't I don't know why I like her character so much in that movie, but she cracks me up and and just but she blended in so well among these and then, yeah they, you you tell these people like Holtzman was such a socially awkward person. Uh, Melissa McCarthy's character, same thing, and even um, Kristen Wiig, you know, it's just nerd believing in ghosts, and they they stuck to their principles. And 
Who's um the guy from uh, the Tonight Show as the dean with the finger with the whole? Oh, that's a oh, great yeah. scene. That, yeah, I love yeah. that scene. Um, he's I can't gonna remember his name, but he's yeah. the guy. Yeah, because he it's just like a like a bullshit university, and he's like, I didn't even know you had a program here. Yeah, yeah. he's gonna like, he's gonna tell you to suck it. No, he's, he's not gonna yeah. suck yeah, it. Suck it. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's funny because they have because they have Charles Dance playing like the the, the head at. Columbia and they're interviewing him and he's like oh this institution I'm Charles Dance mm, I look important and I'm wearing a suit and then they pan to him and he's ridiculous yeah well, there's, is... there's a lot of funny little that, I like that movie it doesn't I don't think that movie took itself very seriously which is something that I like when it comes to movies like that because like you're fighting ghosts and they're possessing you know it's it's yeah. a comedy movie it's supposed to be silly it's supposed to be funny and it did that and it exactly. did it pretty well, I thought. So no, this yeah. is a movie that, like, I love. Like, I love Ghostbusters twenty sixteen in every way. Like it, it is paced almost perfectly, uh, despite the fact that apparently, according to the trivia, that there was an original, there was an original cut of this movie that is four hours and fifteen minutes long. I kind of want to see it. Maybe <laughs> just without the like cut scenes. Yeah, I mean, I know a lot hours. of movies just lot. cut scenes. Yeah, know? I mean, I don't know, but I kind of want to see it because I can't get enough of these four together. Like. That's the thing that this movie reminds you of what was so great about the first one, which is that you have what is essentially like, you know, if you look at the movie as a pie chart, 60% of this movie is just them like getting along, learning to get along, and then like making jokes around them getting along in their environment. And that's what I like. That's it's what I want. It's a buddy comedy. 100%. If you're being if you're being realistic, like it's a buddy comedy. Like it's just like the first one was. It's yeah, and, it's and, like and, a and bunch of pals. And the I, fact that they chose Chris Hemsworth as the Rick Moranis character is such a good choice. Like you take what is right now to view to be viewed perceived as like the 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 penultimate like macho man of our time, and you put him in the, like this little trivial role where he's just the secretary who can't even figure out how glasses work, and like oh, when well, he hears a loud noise, he covers his eyes. He was just over the top stupid. I thought I thought it was funny that they chose to put Chris Hemsworth in that role, and he was very delightful was in, great. in that yeah. movie, but. I wouldn't even call it. That's another thing. I'm glad you said that the Rick Moranis character because I wouldn't even say like that's the Rick Moranis character because yeah, they totally changed. Oh, like, he's the yeah. Annie Potts character. I mean, they pretty yeah. much changed Sorry, yeah, like Potts. the plot. You know, I mean, yeah. like it's it's a lot different. Like what they're doing yeah. in that movie and what they're following and stuff. Like it doesn't. It's not like they just remade the movie scene for scene with chicks. Like they didn't do that. Like the, no, yeah, it has a different like storyline to it. And then. Chris Hemsworth shows up and I was like thinking I was thinking when I watched it oh he's just going to have a little cameo he's going to be and then I realized like oh no he's here like, Chris Hemsworth is here but crack me up was Andy Garcia is the mayor or he's like don't compare me to that mayor, mayor of Jaws yeah don't yeah. compare oh me oh my god that was really funny don't you I'm not even... compare me to the mayor of Jaws <laughs> that he loses it it's so awesome because Andy Garcia is one of those guys kind of reminds me of me where not me but uh, just cracks me up because he, you know he, he's so deadpan and then you, you when he has his humor, you can't tell sometimes, and that's what I like about him a lot because he's just so. When he shows his humor, it's like what? That's random, and it's it's funny, and um, no, he's great. Yeah, and he's great in that he, movie. This movie, I think, uh, I wish it hadn't have suffered all the wrath and the backlash because this is a group of characters and a group of actors and whoever wrote this movie. I don't know. I, I wish I would have checked the credits before I started the show, but this group together in total, I want to see them do more together. Like they gave me a satisfactory story. Everybody learns a little lesson. the The ending is satisfactory in the sense that you know 
they you know they have to find a, a different means kind of like the way i felt about the end of doctor strange it's not just big things beating up on big things with flashiness it's you have to find an alternate way to solve your story and i like that i like new ways of ending and resolving things and you know at the end of, and, and another thing too that this movie does really well that uh they could have done worse with and they chose not to which i really liked was all the little nods like they could have done on a much grander level the nods to the 1984 and 1989 one but they chose to do it in a, in a very classy way you know you have the harold ramis mold in the hallway you have bill murray uh getting to do what he always said he wanted to do uh and die in the third ghostbusters which he said there was the only way he would ever do the third ghostbusters uh, Dan Aykroyd playing a, a, ca- a taxi yeah. driver. It's a level five. It's a level five uh, ghost aspiration. You're fine. Yeah, I don't go past, yeah. past Chinatown. I, I actually no did not like his cameo. No? I did not really? like Dan Aykroyd's cameo. I thought it was lackluster and snooze fest. That's like, fair. Oh, here's like the, the lines that he said. I was just kind of like, oh, Dan Aykroyd. Like, what's he gonna say? Like, this could be a funny exchange. And he was like, oh, and I'm afraid of ghosts. Okay. You remind me of the exchange. You ever ever seen? So I married an axe murderer. Seen what? Ever seen the movie So I Married an Axe Murderer? Yes. Remember the sequence where he was going to hail a Harriet. cab? Go gets a cab and the guy... I haven't er, er. seen it since probably the 90s, so... Oh, okay. All know. right. So, anyways, there's a sequence. Anyways, uh, all right. Well, then I'll, I'll, I digress. But Dan Aykroyd wrote, was a big part of the, the original franchise. That's how he made a lot of his money. And I, that was the part where I had a problem with. The cameos were kind of like... I understand what you're saying about being a little classy with it, Jason, but I... Ernie Hudson at the end. Yeah, Ernie Hudson, you know, is the Scorny uncle. Weaver and An- Annie Potts both. I, I just wish they would have done a little more different. And Rake Moranis refused to beat it, because he's like... He doesn't act. He no, he doesn't. Thing. Yeah, yeah he's he a, um, a child that's uh, got a disability, yeah, so... Yeah, he's done acting. Like, that's yeah, more like, that's, I, I respect that. Yeah, and it, uh, he's a good man for it, but I just... Thing too, that I, the one thing that I really didn't like was the, uh, like, uh, what's the word, uh, the, the, the cut scene at the end after, uh, between the credits... What's yeah. the word? What's that called? Like uh, post- stinger scene. Yeah, the post-credit stinger scene where yeah. they. Uh, what's Zool? Like, I don't need you to tie it that much back into the original. Like, you don't need to reference Zool. Like, I'm okay with it. But, uh, you know, in terms of more that I liked, I liked the, the bad guy. The one thing that this movie did in terms of, uh, I would say, better than the original is you had your your antagonist throughout the entire movie. Yeah, and he's not their direct antagonist until the very end, until they become involved with him. Like right. that's what I like is that it it this really displays what the Ghostbusters are, which is they're not anybody's enemy. They're and then they're like they're just a group of people that don't want ghosts to be destroying anything or terrorizing the citizens of New York. They're just to you know and and he doesn't you know he doesn't spend the whole movie terrorizing them or their friends specifically. He's just doing what his plan is regardless of them. Yeah. You know, and that I like that. That's something that is kind of lacking from the original Ghostbusters if I had to be honest. That's the only weakness of that movie. I mean, honestly, I know that I'm going to get roasted for this and I kind of hesitate to say this, but I'm just going to do it. I actually think the 2016 one is better than the original. I do too. I like it better than the original. I do it's too. It's okay, Roger. Like you you were allowed to like the original one better and that is fine. Like I'm not going to shit on anybody for saying I'm wrong, but I just personally liked the way this movie the I like the plot, I like the comedy better. Like it just it's a little bit it's it's more up my alley. I, I do under, but I do understand why. I, I honestly do understand why you like you guys would both like that movie better than the original one, and that's that's perfectly fair because I think that the pacing of the movie, what Jason alluded to, is correct. Um, I do like the whole camaraderie between the four girls. I I understand why because 
that movie, if you look at the original, it is basically a Bill Murray. This is the first, one of the first movies, or one of the like, it was a, a series of movies where Bill Murray it was like a breakout piece. I mean, Stripes, oh, yeah, yeah breaks, Stripes was his breakout piece. Um, but that was a movie that really kind of made him started kind of escalating him even more because at that time he did a movie where he played Hunter S. Thompson that didn't do very well. So where he, the Buffaloes roam? Yeah, where the Buffaloes roam. He was sticking. He knew comedy was his thing, and this is him, quintessential Bill Murray at his finest. And it's a Bill Murray vehicle, essentially, with Dan Aykroyd kind of tagging along. And that's what this one does better. Yeah. Everyone is given equal time to yeah. be funny. But the reason why I thought that, I mean, the reason why I stick to the original is because that was before they all knew that Bill Murray was a big deal. Right. That's the right. reason why I would, you know, if if. The second one was basically Bill Murray kind of phoning it in, and, and what you, you know you said is correct, you know, um, and that was more of a Bill Murray. But the, he stole so many scenes in the first one; you think it was kind of directed that way, but it was all equal parts in that movie. So no, I, but I understand why you guys would say that. Honestly, I'm not one of those fanboy dickheads because I understand why I, I really do. And that movie, in that, when I watched it, it surprised me. It surprised me because I expected. I expected nothing. I honestly went in there full blank, but I expected because I know those kind of movies that Paul does, and he directs kind of like those kind of uh, typical like uh, those movies that have that kind of theme. Um, Bridesmaid, Bridesmaids. Yeah, he directed Bridesmaids. They have like he's like a buddy comedy yeah. guy, kind of right. Yeah, but it didn't feel it felt like a buddy comedy, but it didn't really, but it didn't over beat you over the head with it. If that makes any sense. I mean. I yeah no I the, what I really liked about this movie I'll just you know in kind of in closing um I I think that I think that any four of those actresses could have stolen the show at any moment it could have been the I mean all if you think of all four of those girls I mean we see it all the time like Leslie Jones is super like awesome on Saturday Night Live. Well, they were all they've all been on Saturday Night Live. But like any one of those girls could have been like the forefront of it. But they do a good job of like rifting off each other and both kind of keeping it balanced. Or sorry, not both, but all four of them kind of keeping it balanced yes. to the point where it like works well together. But I also just I kind of just liked it better. I thought like the brand of comedy and like the jokes that they made it's, I mean, it's updated. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. to, 1984, that's a long time ago. It's before I was born. Like, the jokes are a little outdated. The comedy, the brand of humor is a little outdated to me. That's not to say that it's not good. I think it's a good movie, the 1984 Ghostbusters. I enjoy it. I will watch it when it's on or, you know, when I feel like watching it. And I think Bill Murray is hilarious, along with, you know, the whole cast was hilarious. It's a good movie, and it definitely has its place in, like, you know, cin- cinematic history, if you will. But um, I just, I just liked this one a little bit better. I think it's something that you know, I enjoyed the jokes better. I just liked how it went better. But I mean, I'm not saying it's a better movie. I'm not the authority on that. I just think, I don't know. But here's I just the thing. enjoyed it a lot more. The lesson I learned, I think, the lesson we could all take away from this, honestly, is no one's authoritative. It's all subjective. Oh, 100 well, well, oh, yeah. No, but I'm saying it is. But like, that's the biggest thing about this movie that really pissed me off. Was the these people who are talking about these fans who are just as just passionate as we are, and, but at the same token, trying to tell me and try to tell me you shouldn't see this movie because it's going to affect the way you think? It's like no. I'll- well, to be fair, I think, and, and I'm sorry to cut you off, but to be fair, I do think a lot of people kind of came around on it after they saw it. I know, like I was kind of watching my social media and people who were talking about it and stuff, and some of the people that I follow on social media. 
who were saying kind of negative things about it and they didn't have they didn't expect a lot from it oh it's going to be bad this is going to be horrible uh you know there's no reason to remake this movie the original is perfect don't touch it you know you're going to ruin my childhood all those stupid over the top melodramatic things that people say about things like this and then a couple of those people were like you know what i didn't hate it it was actually all right like a lot of a lot of people Roger being one of them like you you weren't that over the top and no. melodramatic in the beginning but i don't think you expected much from it and then yeah. you were pleasantly surprised and can exactly. i can i ask the question like what more could the, the, the honest question for the fanboys out there? What more could they have wanted? Like you literally got everything I would have ever like if I had to make a, like a bullprint a, a bullet point checklist of a Ghostbusters twenty sixteen. It would have been that's the thing though they don't want a Ghostbusters twenty sixteen. Well, I'm saying yeah no they, just they want, don't want like, more they want like Ghostbusters three is yeah, what they well, want they're with all the in same, their sixties you know. and it's not going to happen <laughs> and one of them's dead yeah and one of them's dead exactly and. It, but back to my point, though, if I had to make a bullet point checklist of everything I would want in a Ghostbusters movie, that was it. You literally like you're hitting it on all the jokes. You're you're not overloading me with like uh, what what you could have very easily done because it's 2016. They could have been superheroes for all intents and purposes because we had the capacity to make anybody do anything, and they didn't. They they held back where they needed to. They had good comedic writing. It's paced nearly perfectly. You have a somewhat memorable villain who doesn't need to live on and be like there. You know, they, they there's not too much of a sequel set up. They're not trying to build a franchise. It's just a good fucking movie. And like, right. what more could they have wanted besides the original cast? At, you can't get it's done. Sorry, dude. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like those even, guys' egos got in the fucking way. You lost. Yeah, sorry. Exactly. And and look, and the, the bottom line is here for me, especially as a as a person who has diverged in their in their entire like just from the cartoon the comic books the even like little short books and everything um you know i can step back and go you know what this if they want and i'm even thinking i'm like there's a ghostbusters association here in detroit and down river there's groups i'm actually going to dress up like a ghostbuster and go to these comic cons because and even how enriched I am, I'm following those groups and everything, and being going to be involved. Well, they in do that. it for charity. Too. Yeah, they do so it for charity too, and that's what I want to be involved in because I see those kids smile. Kids, all those people, they don't give a shit. They, when you see Holzman, they, there's, I've seen more Holzmans now than I've seen the Dan Aykroyds or the Bill Murray types. But the Ghostbusters does one thing well that makes everybody feel included: black, white, woman, women. It doesn't matter, and that's the thing I don't understand: is that why are you? Hating on something that includes everybody. Worth mentioning too. Even the character of Holzman is is physically modeled after the cartoon uh, Egon. Yeah, she has the blonde curl like she's, and that's and on purpose. Glasses, yeah, there's no way that's not on purpose. It's 100. percent They're trying to make Egon. They're trying to show you like we know that this is your thing. We're trying to like expand on your thing. Like that's, exactly, we're allowed to do that. I mean, because th- I mean, and the other thing too. I, and but you know, I, I know we're trying to wrap it up here a little bit, but. Uh, the other thing I want to touch on too is out of all the remakes that we have seen in our lifetime, this is like a top three in terms of reboots, like quality level. What we got from it as a yeah. as a consumer, like it stands above. You know, again, I go to Transformers, GI Joes, all of those. They're garbage. Ugh. RoboCop, like those movies, all suck. And this is a good film. But I, I don't know. I, I don't want to sit here and I, I, I'm sorry. I, got, I, I brought my soapbox for this episode. You got super passionate. But it, yeah. it's because I, I when that came, when that was coming out, like I bought in from the first notes of the song, as you heard at the beginning of our show. Like you give me those little keystrokes, I'm in. And <laughs> the fact that it was, it lived up to all the hype for me. 
you know, I own like three copies of this movie. I love this movie. But I came in, honestly, I came in, like I said, I told, I've, I've told this to many people, I wanted to kind of watch it from a fresh point of view and take away from the Twitter and social media nonsense to watch it because I'm a person that is, those, that movies are like, you know, I, I don't treat them like, I, maybe because I'm getting older and I don't care. I don't. I, you know, this, my movies. This is my, you know, I'm, my childhood. My childhood. I'm not like that. I'm I'm open to making things better. Case in point, the Blade Runner movie that's coming out, sequel, whatever. That looks we'll like a future episode. Yeah, f- yeah, future episode. That is a movie that looks like it's going to expand and get better from the first one. And that's what Ghostbusters 2016 <clears throat> did. They took something and made it a little better. And it's a solid movie that stands out on its own. I don't hate it. Like I said, I you know it's it just took me a while. It took me a minute, a couple minutes to get into it. I freely admit it because it, the pacing, plus maybe it didn't help you. I was watching it and I was exhausted. But anyways, still watch. I rewatched it again, and it's the same perspective I have. I think there's something else that should be said for reboots in general. Um, and even though we talk a lot about how you know a lot of the reboots, Transformers, GI Joes, and things like that, have been kind of low quality. But I think when you're looking at something like this, like, how many kids do you think watched this movie and was like, this is so cool? And then their parents were like, you want to see the original Ghostbusters? And then, like, take it back. Like, it it ushers in a whole new generation because, (coughs) excuse me, these movies have a cult following. Like, Roger was talking about, there's the Ghostbusters Association that does, like, appearances for charity and stuff like that, which is great. Like... People are going to age out of this eventually. If you can expand on the universe and bring in like a new generation of fans, I think that's a good thing, especially yeah. when this turned out to be like a pretty solid movie. So, yeah, I don't want to spend too much time. I know we we spent most of this podcast, I feel like, talking about how 2016 Ghostbusters was a damn good movie. We, we, we have to. <laughs> I Let's know, be it fair. Had to. we had to. There's definitely. a lot of red pill motherfuckers out there. Let's <coughs> so, just put it that way. How do you feel in closing? I your... stand by underrated, specifically just on the first and the third ones alone. Okay. Uh, the third one, if, if, even if it was just the, even if it was just 2016, it's underrated because they're not going to make a sequel out of it now because so many men got mad. Are, are, are you I, sure? I, yeah, you no, sure it's been announced they're not doing it. Okay. Why they're not doing it? I thought they were it didn't make as much money as they expected. Oh, because that's that's a Sony thing, though. Yeah, Sony really doesn't. And yeah. bet you five bucks, ten years now they'll remake it with guys. Oh, sure they will. The, I'm knowing Sony's oh, track record. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, uh, so um, I think it's fairly rated. I think that 2016, if they're going to stop making Ghostbusters movie, would be a good way to quote unquote close the loop, if you will. Yeah, um, I would think it's a good good way to go about it. I think I'm still going to stand by the franchise as a whole being a little overrated. Um, but I I do think specifically the 2016 movie didn't get enough att- like positive attention because it did turn out to be I, I really enjoyed it and so I thought it was a good movie. Yep. I think they're all fine. I'm not I'm not certainly not trying to speak negatively about any of these movies individually or as a franchise, but you know I I do think that they get a little bit more hype and people have a little bit more you know they hold them in a higher regard than they maybe. Maybe should. So. Speaking of uh, hype and high regard, uh, if you guys think that we aren't uh, hype enough or you hold us in high regard, you could reach us. Lacey, what are our social media handles? If you guys want to check us out on social media, you can search us on Facebook. We are Over Under Fair Podcast. We are at Over Under Fair on Twitter. You can email us, Over Under Fair Pod at gmail.com. Check us out on iTunes. Check us out on Podbeans. And, of course, Podbeans, I said. Check us out on Podbeans. Oh, you're right. It is plural, though, because you can check us out on the SRD one and our own. Okay, yeah. You can check us out on Podbean. But we are also in 
partnership with sportsradiodetroit.com. You could check us out there as well as a ton of other great shows. Speaking of iTunes, uh, for our listeners, uh, I don't care if you have an iPhone or not. I need you to, if you don't have an iPhone, go to the iTunes website. If you, are, if you have an iPhone, go into your podcast app. Rate and review uh, our show. Yes, it, please do. If you like what you're listening to, you like what we're doing here, that alone is, I mean, it, there's not, I, I cannot express enough, I've done it on all of our shows, how important this is and how quickly it helps us to expand on our word. And Roger, wrap up the show. I was just going to say, not to mention, the best part about the, we're leaving the reviews and feedback, it makes the shows better. So please write, rate, subscribe to each one of our feeds and let us know what you think. We really appreciate it. Leave some Facebook love. Uh, we appreciate the new likes on our Facebook as well as uh, we got some love from the from our uh, UK audience too as well. So I wanted to make sure to mention that. And so for the next time on the next Over and Fear podcast, for myself, I'm Roger Castillo. Well, so I'm me, Jason Pinkham, Lisa McGraw. See ya.